I've heard of, like, you're not the first person that's had another transition, job transition during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I feel like it had, there was something in the water where it made <laughs> everyone. COVID. Right. Oh, my God. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> So, hey everyone, welcome to Between the Soup. It's the show where friends become closer friends, the show where I talk to people about experiences unique to them. Uh, I'm not on Twitter, but you can follow the podcast Instagram at betweenthesoup.pod, where I'll post updates on episodes and behind-the-scenes content. I'm your host, Gilbert, and today we are joined by Maggie Rodriguez. Maggie and I met in high school, but more specifically at Abercrombie & Fitch Kids, where we both worked as models. (laughs) Uh, Maggie graduated from the University of Northern Colorado, majoring in musical theater. Soon after, she pursued a career in New York City as a full-time actress and has since transitioned into social media marketing here in Phoenix. Upon the bazillion accolades and hobbies that I can mention, Maggie is also also an avid yogi, foodie, bookworm, and blogger. You can follow her journey on Instagram at magdazzle. That's uh, (laughs) M-A-G-Dazzle. Maggie, I'm really excited that you're here and that you're down to to come by and chat. So welcome to Between the Soup. Thanks. I'm super excited. Yeah. You know, when I was... When I was like coming up with questions or topics of things that I wanted to ask you about, because like I'm sure that you're probably like, what what the fuck? Like, oh my <laughs> god, no! I thought that was so exciting. I was honored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was honored. Cool. Yeah, but I mean, at least that's what I think happens in my head when I reach out to people, yeah. kind of just randomly. Yeah. Like, I, it's not that like you and I don't know each other, but we've never really like right. talked. Yeah. Um, which can be a little bit off putting for. Yeah for for you or sometimes even for me because I feel I feel like awkward asking no but how else are we supposed to engage or get to know each other right you know if we don't so I right. I'm all for it yeah <laughs> I guess just to start um first of all like it's been like what 10 years since we've talked you it said prob- been, it probably yeah. was like literally 10 years yeah um can you give me like a a really quick brief summary of like let's say everything that's happened since then and like like a very condensed version. Oh my gosh, wild. Okay, I can try. So, let's see. So I left, well, I I graduated from Xavier Mm -hmm. High School. I went to, thank you, made it. (laughs) I went to University of Northern Colorado where I started majoring in musical theater and then a minor in dance. Mm -hmm. Dabbled in a minor in business at one point, but no, no. (laughs) No luck there. Just no. (laughs) Yeah. um, And then... Yeah, after those four years, I graduated, and then I moved to New York City right after my graduation. Um, I lived in Astoria for about four months before I booked Disney Cruise Line. So I worked on the ship for about a year, then came back to New York, um, lived in Astoria again for, I guess, the remainder up until 2020, and I just worked pretty consistently as an actor, like regional theaters, um, traveling shows, workshops, yeah, kind of did the whole gig lifestyle for then. And then I moved back here during the pandemic, started looking and soul searching for a new role or job, um, found marketing, and here I am. I'd say the focal point is definitely like the, the acting yeah, part totally. of your of your life. Um, can you go into any sort of detail about like what got you inspired to start that in the first place? Oh my or, gosh. Or like why, why was that like, the profession that like called to you yeah that's such a good question um it's so hard to say because i i think it 
was just always there for mm-hmm. me. I started dancing when I was three. So I started being on stage like from a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just caught the bug. And then when I got to high school, Xavier had such a good theater program um, for, for a high school. And I started doing the shows pretty consistently through the four years. And I think my senior year was the first time I realized you can actually make it a career and you can actually mm-hmm. minor in theater. And I had, I mean, Xavier is full of biologists and lawyers and doctors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go be an actor. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I guess it just always felt like the correct path. Like it always just felt like where I was leading to. So mm-hmm. my mom, I grew up watching old movies. Um, on TCM, like, you know, My Fair Lady and Black and White, Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. And she also took me to Gamage every time there was a touring show. I saw, like, In the Heights, I remember. And it just always felt like my my thing. Mm-hmm. So when you're picking that, like, going into college, like, as a, as a major, what did that kind of feel like? Was it something that you were, like, certain of? Or were you more on the lines of, like oh, maybe I should do something practical. Yeah, and, and that's crazy. My Because I always thought, there's always this stereotype that parents would be pushing you to do something more practical, but uh-huh. mine really never did, which, thinking back, maybe they should have. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just always, I was just always called to do that, and there was nothing really else that I would major in, mm-hmm. I guess, in my head. Was there any, like doubt ever like when you were going through like the program at uh where you go went to school I want to say you at UNC no I know (laughs) Chapel Hill um I think yeah I think so because all the people in my program and this goes for I think musical theater programs across the board you're the you're the big fish in your high school Mm -hmm. and then you go to a university where you're all there and you're all talented so it's it's easy to feel less than Mm -hmm. and compare I mean then that goes for just acting in general but um I think that's where the contention I guess would start was when I started to see that I wasn't maybe the best or as as good as I thought I I was initially yeah I mean I think I've realized pretty early on that what's really cool with actors is everyone's so different and there isn't a one-size-fits-all regardless of how maybe programs want to structure it Mm -hmm. like they're trying to maybe produce you as musical theater robots but in reality everyone's so different and each artist has their own kind of gift or thing Mm -hmm. and so i think realizing that and then also starting to see, instead of seeing people as competition, because it's so easy, like even in New York, going into a room where everyone looks exactly like you and (laughs) maybe they're better than you or maybe they're, you know, and I think seeing that almost as like an inspirational thing and saying, oh, that girl over there is a better dancer than me. She's really great at that. That makes me want to be better. Mm -hmm. Instead of seeing it as like a yeah, a like you're than. you're like an enemy, or I should yeah. be putting you down. Yeah, that's a really interesting way of thinking about it, because you could apply that to, I mean, to other things too, and, and not necessarily just like your competition. Yeah. At that point, you're focusing less on, I guess, less of your insecurity about like others. So yeah. like if you're if you're 
going through the the motions of like trying to diminish them or say like oh they're 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 crap or they're yeah. better than me or whatever then you're you're trying to 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 do exactly that like put put them down so that way you feel better about yourself yeah versus like oh i'm gonna focus on me and what i can control mm -hmm. and then go from there yeah i think is really interesting yeah i mean i think and it's such like a it's something i think that's so difficult and everyone probably goes through it and struggles like even now i'm sure when you're even 50 years old it's something you might mm -hmm. still struggle with but i think if we have that like scarcity mindset of like there's not enough for us mm -hmm. then you're always going to feel like everyone's competition but if you see them as there's always going to be room for all of us at the table and see it more from that i think that maybe helps combat that yeah and it's probably just better for your well-being overall yeah um because it, it would be just super negative just to see everybody as like an enemy all the time moving from from colorado and then to new york right after why was new york like the next move versus like la or whatever yeah I, I don't I don't really know what the options are. No, it is. That, that's like basically honestly the option. I mean, Colorado had a great scene, but I really wanted to get away from small town. And yeah, so I I did both showcases, which is when you perform basically like your greatest hits, like you show the world, you know, what the best things that you can do. So I did both of those in L.A. and New York mm -hmm. and I got pretty great feedback from both um, like agents and casting directors and kind of that the industry um, creatives but I don't know New York just felt it was the first time I'd been but New York just feels so alive mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mean maybe I just had a bad experience in LA but I mean it, everybody does <laughs> that's what everyone <laughs> says right I don't know but LA, I'm sure LA is great it just mm -hmm. reminded me of Phoenix Oh, and okay. Like a bigger, dirtier Phoenix. Yeah, bigger, dirtier <laughs> Phoenix. And it felt so close to home. And when you go to New York, it feels like you're in a different mm -hmm. a different world. And musical theater, I think, is a bit bigger there. Mm -hmm. um, there's still great theater in L.A., but for what I wanted to do and, I like, my strengths, I thought I would do better in, in New York. So. Mm -hmm. And also, I'd just always been dreaming of it, right? It's uh -huh. like, <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, so to, to back up, too um i guess uh, i'm assuming like your your focus or what i'm like really ignorant of like this whole no like, it's okay <laughs> this whole profession so i'm gonna be saying a lot of stupid stuff yeah. um but your your focus was like musical theater correct yeah yeah whereas um la felt more to me like tv film okay yeah okay so. and w did you decide to stick with that um from like doing stuff in in high school and like seeing that as like a, okay this was a great fit yeah i think because i think i um <sighs> because i had grown up watching the old musicals like on tv mm -hmm. and then going to see stage shows that was my favorite part of of acting and theater mm -hmm. um I, obviously, I love movies. It would be amazing to be in a movie, you know, and you make millions of dollars. But I don't know. I just I love live theater and dancing was what initially got me into it. So it just felt more like my my thing. Mm -hmm. Another thing I like to to kind of go into, like I'm jumping around a little bit, no, um, but is I, I think I'm mostly really interested in like the thought processes that people take to to make their decisions or to to choose um, the professions that they're in, or even like describe the emotions that are, that are, that you feel like mm -hmm. when you're, when you're making these decisions too. 
Um, and so when you're when you're d- describing all of this, it, it's I don't know. I think it's really interesting in terms of like that that sort of standpoint of like examining it, like just the just the emotional realm of like why you're making that decision yeah. versus just I I want to because that's the place to be right. or or it's the practical thing to right. to do. So. Um, uh, something I, that you mentioned earlier that I didn't know is that like you, you said you worked on a Disney cruise for a while. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can yeah. you explain like how you got into that and yeah. like, what that entailed, I guess, day to day? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, so that was my first role or job out of college. Um, uh-huh. I'd had a few friends who'd done cruise ships uh-huh. and they kept saying it was a great way to make, you know, save money, make and save money. You get to travel for free. And it was Disney, and I was like obsessed. I mean, obsessed with Disney. I love mm-hmm. Disney, and um, yeah. So I, I went to the audition, and it was only three months after I had moved to the city, and yeah. And then I ended up booking it um, on the Disney Fantasy, which is a ship that goes to East and West Caribbean. So we just um, switched itineraries itineraries every week. But yeah, I was in. They did Aladdin. So I was understudy Jasmine. Then we did this show called Wishes, which I was this like high school girl in <laughs> Wishes. And then Believe, which is like a culmination of um, just Disney stories. And mm-hmm. so I was Belle in that. And yeah, it was great. It's honestly, the cruise ship is the, the best. I, I don't know. It was the best experience. And I'm so happy I did it right out of college because mm-hmm. I felt like it allowed me to grow a lot. Mm-hmm. And because you're still so young, like yeah. you know, I was like it's 22. Like a confidence booster. A yeah, bit. exactly. I was all like right. a little confidence booster. I got to meet all of these new people. I mean, we lived in such close quarters for like the seven months we were on the ship, so we became really close. Um, one of my best friends now is, is from the Philippines, so I have an excuse to go travel there. Nice. That's how I met my boyfriend, who's from South Africa, who I probably would have never met. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just like. Yeah, it was just a crazy experience, but I would recommend it for anyone. That's cool. So I guess just to be a, a, like clear, you were doing like plays and stuff like on the on the ship. Okay. Yeah. Really so cool. they have like a nightly entertainment. So um, we would do the shows in the main stage theater. So I wasn't the princesses that have to deal with the children and mm-hmm. autographs, <laughs> which is great. But yeah, we just did the shows, and during the day we got to go sit on the deck and read a book and look at the ocean Chill. that's really <laughs> yeah, cool awesome. that's super yeah. cool i didn't i didn't even know that was a thing really mm-hmm. i mean I, that's really really cool yeah um so then going back to to new york because you said you moved there first right mm-hmm. so you move there first do the cruise and then come back mm-hmm. um what sort of what like changed for you from like when you initially got there to like now that you're returning again to in new york if that makes sense yeah no it definitely does um <clears throat> honestly a lot had changed which is wild but when I first moved to New York I was starstruck by everything Mm -hmm. you know I was like it's magical and I had I booked Disney so soon after arriving that I then I started to not really have to focus on work because I had you know I knew I I had a job coming up and so I was able to just explore and um, go out all the time (laughs) you know like live my best New York life Mm -hmm. and then coming back from the ship I now had a long distance boyfriend I kind of knew the thing like I knew the struggle of going to auditions at 4am in the morning and working three jobs like I knew it was coming so I think there was a bit more um, hesitancy I guess Mm -hmm. to it 
And then I had to start, you know, paying the $9,000 rent for like half of this kitchen, (laughs) just so small (laughs) of a room with like three other roommates, like things like that. I think, I think the, the rose colored glasses started to come off a bit Mm -hmm. when I came back. Okay. Uh, And how long ago was that? That was in 2018. Okay. Okay. So then from, from 2018 to let's say 2019, I guess, was that the kind of the lifestyle that you had was like working the three jobs and doing odds and ends things and, and auditioning at the same time? Yeah, I got, I still got pretty lucky and, and, um, booked consistently. So Mm -hmm. I was still working, but what's hard with acting is the jobs are only, you know, say my longest job was five months long. Mm -hmm. So I would, I, for, th- for that one, I went to Massachusetts for five months mm-hmm. and did a show and then came back. So it'd be things like that where you're not able to hold a steady job. Mm-hmm. You have to have something that's super flexible. So I started working at a yoga studio, front desk at a yoga studio, and then another fitness studio. I would babysit. Um, I cocktail waitress, <laughs> like all these things that you can just leave on a dime uh-huh. and, um, yeah, so that that's kind of when that started of that like shuffle. That okay, you cool. In a lot of people's minds, uh, mine included, that it sounds like the instability sounds kind of, I don't know, like uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but it at the same time, the way that you're describing it, it sounds like it's exactly what you wanted or what you expected. Is that how you felt at the time, or was it different? Yeah. Um, I think it was what I expected. <laughs> I knew. Cause I was in that culture. So it was mm-hmm. very much so when everyone around me is doing that same exact like shuffle or hustle, it, f- it felt normal. So mm-hmm. I didn't have any friends that had nine to five jobs besides when my boyfriend got one. But like, I didn't know what that life was like. I only knew the New York where you were working 12 hour days so that you could cover a shift and go to an audition in the next the next morning you know Mm -hmm. or or whatever so the instability felt almost comfortable because it was what I was expecting Mm -hmm. and what my community also did okay that's really interesting especially like the the community aspect Mm -hmm. of it because yeah because I can imagine that being extremely tough if you're yeah kind of on your own trying to fend for yourself yeah I guess that goes back to like the everybody has a seat at the table thing too um, which helps out. I mean, it's not, it's not great. <laughs> not gonna lie. Like I would literally go, I worked at this boxing studio from 6 30 AM to 12 30. Then I would maybe try to squeeze in an audition. And then I would go to either babysit or work at the yoga studio at 5 PM mm-hmm. and then work until 11. Like it, it just like, it, it's not great, but mm-hmm. it feels normal, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. What would be like the end goal, like in that, in that sort of frame of mind of, of going to audition to audition and like looking for, for jobs? Yeah. Um, is it, is it to just keep, keep doing that, but to have better gigs or is it something else? Yeah. And that's, I guess that's kind of where I, (laughs) those were the questions. That's literally the question I was asking myself when the pandemic happened. Cause Mm -hmm. I, all of a sudden it was put on pause and I was like, wow, is this my life? Like, is this what I'm going to do forever? Mm-hmm. But I think the goal when you're doing that, at least mine was to just find any way that I could 
act, mm-hmm. you know? So whether that be a three-day commercial shoot or a five-month contract or booking a national tour or booking Broadway, you know, just any any way to get out of the working as a nanny okay. on the Upper East Side. Gotcha. <laughs> it seems like for anybody that's working within... Um, pretty much any sort of like creative venture or like art um it it seems like taking risks is like inherent to um that particular profession so for you in your career in what ways did you take a risk that wasn't uh or that was out of the norm of like um like you could you could consider instability like a a a risk so like was there anything like that you any sort of risk that you took beyond just you know, living the hustle culture life, um, that helped you out in the long run? Yeah, I think, um, I think taking the risk and going on the cruise ship for a year, I think I was initially hesitant to do that because I thought I would be missing out on something in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, I mean, that changed my life. So <laughs> I'm grateful I did that. I didn't know how well I would do living on a ship for that long, but it was amazing. Um, I think a risk, I mean, and this is like a, this kind of just came to me, but I think it's true. Like I grew up thinking an artist or an actor, like you were just alone starving and you couldn't have a relationship because you're going somewhere all the time or like, you know, you're always on the go and your schedule is crazy. And that's like such a stereotype. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think taking the risk was like being in this long-term relationship with my partner and making it work even when I had to go on contracts for five months and still like fighting for it because it was important to me to have someone Mm -hmm. in my life and him in my life. So I think that was maybe a risk that I took as an actor. Why, why was it a a risk? Um, Like, because like, because they, it requires more time. Yeah, because okay. it's easier to just be alone. Like it's easier sure, as yeah. an actor to be alone because you're going to be having this crazy schedule. You're gonna be going away for five months and then coming back for one and then going again and then maybe going on a national tour for two years and just never being home. Like it's easier to just be alone. In terms of like the actual gigs that you that you got, like can you go into any detail about like what some of those were or like your your roles? Yeah, I um, I was in in the Heights, um, in this theater, John Engelman Theater. It's in Long Island, so I was ensemble and then I understudied Nina. And then um, the other one I did West Side Story, which that was my favorite contract because that's my favorite show mm-hmm. ever. And I was just a shark girl. Um, but I also got to sing somewhere in the somewhere ballet. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just dream. And I'm trying to think of others. Oh, I, one of my, well, one of the last things I did before the pandemic, um, it was a new musical. It's called the crossing and Josh Burgess choreographed it and, um, created it. And it's basically about, it's a dance musical about, immigrants crossing the Mexican border into the US and it's all it's told all through dance and song um, and it was just a really beautiful story and I got to workshop it for two weeks in the city um, and they ended up putting it up at Barrington theater which is great so mm. for the for the West Side story I guess how how did you personally like keep your per- professional composure 
going into something like that and you know because like for for me if i did anything that's any remotely like what my dream is i'd be so giddy and like inside myself i know and that's how i felt with disney too i think for both of those because they were they were dreams like Mm -hmm. truly um i just it it becomes work like you see it as work so when i did west side story it was actually with two of the men who were in the original broadway company um so they worked closely with Jerome Robbins, mm-hmm. who was the original choreographer. So that was amazing to work with them. They were in Jerome Robbins Broadway. So I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I would be kind of giddy at times, just never at work, like never in rehearsal. But mm-hmm. when I was talking to my mom on the phone, I'd be super excited. How do you, how do you personally like deal with like the nerve? If you, I don't know uh, if you get nervous. Um, I, yeah, I get nervous. Like I get nervous. I guess, honestly, I think I just got used to it. Okay. The only time I would get nervous is for an audition. Like, if it was an audition that I really wanted, for, you know, or or if it was something that maybe I didn't prepare as well <laughs> as mm-hmm. I should have. But all that I could really control was how well I was prepared and showing up. And mm-hmm. the rest, like, if they liked me, I can't control that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> that just made the nerves go away. And when you're doing it so constantly and consistent, it just, yeah, I never felt it anymore. Like, especially going on stage, I rarely felt nervous, but it was more so like the the smaller like auditions or how funny is this? I get so nervous when I'm doing marketing presentations, like mm. more nervous than I've ever gotten <laughs> in Broadway auditions. Like, mm. like, but yeah, I think, I think it just, it went away naturally. I'd get nervous <clears throat> for a silly thing, not silly, but like, like I would perform a couple songs at a bar mm. and I'd get nervous then, but performing on the cruise ship, nothing <laughs> it's mm. like yeah for some reason when it feels like your friend your friends are in the audience it's more personal it's smaller that feels more nerve-wracking maybe mm-hmm. um okay so then i guess just going into the pandemic so after kind of getting used to this lifestyle it sounds like for a few years and then covid happens mm-hmm. um that's got to be a kick in the face to to anyone especially in a in an industry like that yeah um oh my gosh i mean what's crazy is i was already trying to find my way out mm -hmm. of that hustle like i was feeling burnt out i was saying no to auditions to things already because i just either couldn't afford to take it or i didn't want to leave my partner and my dog for that long or you know and i was almost like finding excuses to not hustle anymore Mm -hmm. um and then I think 2020 happened and I mean, theater, I was supposed to, I was literally supposed to leave for a show March 16th mm-hmm. in Connecticut. And it was at this amazing theater, um, in, Conne- in Connecticut and I was doing South Pacific and I was going to be a swing and I was super excited. Um, and the city shut down on March 15th. <laughs> so all of a sudden, oh, yeah. So all of a sudden I kept getting, I started getting emails of things like, hey, you know, this unprecedented time, we're canceling, like, that whole email Mm -hmm. from everything, from auditions I had scheduled, from my yoga studio shutting down that I was working at, and then finally the show I was supposed to do, and they just decided to postpone it. I think they postponed it initially to, like, April. Obviously, it never happened. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, 
yeah, I, it was a bummer. Like I was sad and it, I am still kind of sad. Like it's sad. It's, yeah. it's a bummer that everything got shut down. Um, but I think it, it allowed me to, I guess, understand what I wanted or at least try and map out what I wanted, which was a bit more stability mm-hmm. and was maybe not New York anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a good thing, but yeah, I mean, it was just a crazy year for everyone. So yeah. What sort of like helped you in like transitioning from, you know, having this be your entire life and then like now thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe this is move for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's probably something I'm still kind of working on, but I do think when I realized that I was basic, basically my identity had become Maggie the actor mm-hmm. or Maggie the actor that lives in New York. Like that was who I was and that was who I identified as, whereas mm-hmm. that's not all I am. Yeah, that's interesting too, yeah. Yeah, but when you grow up, like from such a young age, I was three years old, you grow up people telling you, oh, you're you're so good on stage, you're born to be an actor, you're on stage, like good for you. I could never do that. You should do this for a living, you know, and then you're doing it as a living and there it's like the most exciting thing about you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, yeah. yeah, that's what like, maybe that's what like messed me up a bit mm-hmm. was feeling like that was my only identity. And I think the pandemic made me realize that's not mm-hmm. the only thing that I have going for or me. made you even question that in the first place. Right. If that, if that was something that was like normal to you for this entire time I was literally I would have moments where I was like did I even want to become an actor or was it just something that was just easy Mm -hmm. I mean I I definitely did obviously I love it I love it so much forever but it did it it was almost just like it's like almost a family business where it's just something you get like trickled Mm -hmm. into no one in my family is an actor but that sort of similar feeling of it's just like yeah a path and you just keep taking it yeah especially like like basically you inherited this choice from like a younger self yeah um yeah or like a a decision that you made when you were younger and maybe not as informed or like Mm. not as privy to like is this what I want to do yeah what are the other options and Um, I started seeing like friends who were on Broadway which is my dream and there were there were times I would get this close to a show like Aladdin on Broadway I was this close all the time you know and Mm. and it wouldn't happen, which is fine, but I would have friends on Broadway and their show would close and they'd be right back to where I was, mm. like auditioning for things. Mm. So I'd see them and and then that's when I would start thinking like, is this what I'm gonna do forever? Like what happens when I eventually want something different, but or I eventually want like more stability? Like what do I do if it's 10 years down the line and I'm still auditioning at 4 a.m. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do that anymore. Yeah, that's really interesting, too. Something else I was going to ask since you brought up the, the idea of identity. Um, how did you how did you view yourself in, like, let's say high school or even college? Like, like were you still Maggie, like, the, the actress? Or was that still, you were still trying to, like, develop that? Yeah, I think it, that's such a, I mean, it's so hard. Right, yeah. I, th- I think so. Like, I feel like I just always felt like that was me. Mm-hmm. Like I was just the musical theater girl, you know? Yeah. And maybe I wasn't to I other know, people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like maybe I wasn't to other people. I don't know. 
But when I started thinking about my younger self and like doing all that work, that's that was always the through line, you know, mm-hmm. in my life. So it was an easy identity to just latch on to mm-hmm. when people asked me about myself. I think that's interesting too in, in terms of like formulating an identity and like thinking about like, is it is it really like you that's making this identity for yourself or are you letting others like influence that? Yeah. Um, and if so, to what degree? Mm-hmm. So like when you, if you think about like Maggie, the, the actress, like when you were mentioning earlier that you like you, you might compare yourself a lot to like the competition that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of like that identity of Maggie the actress is influenced by these other people who may or may not be working in for your benefit at all? Yeah. Or even family members or anybody else. I don't know. Yeah. I just think that's a, is a extremely important. I, I think that everybody will go through like some sort of I don't want to say identity crisis, but like <laughs> that's what it feels like though, right? <laughs> a, yeah, like examination. I remember yeah. having having one like a few years ago, and like which is ironically like. I don't know. I, I feel I tell people this all the time. Like I feel like I haven't been living my own life until probably like two, three years ago. Yeah. And then everything up up until then has been just kind of autopilot or mm. me just accepting things that the way they were. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened, but the, like the identity crisis like sort of came up. It's like yeah. What like what, what are you <laughs> like, doing? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. If if somebody <laughs> exactly. if somebody were to describe me to somebody else, what would they say? Yeah. And if if I couldn't really answer that question, that just really bothered me because mm-hmm. like it's like you said, like there's so much more to you than just like than well than nothing. First right. of all, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but also just so much more than like people's expectations of you. Yeah. Um, well, I think I, I would almost compare it, like you said, on autopilot. I would compare it to I felt like I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I was living asleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> if that even makes sense. Like, yeah. I was just going through the motions because that's what was comfortable. Like, going to a babysitting job, then going to an audition, then going to another audition, then going to a job, like, another job. Like, it felt like I was sleeping and I wanted to wake up. I wanted to like make a choice. Yeah, I don't know what it's what like the the formal scientific thing of it is called, but like, essentially, a lot of people say that that's like not like if you're in that sort of state of mind, you're not like living in the moment. Yeah. Um, because you're always focused on what comes next, or like grass Absolutely. is greener on the other side. Yeah. So for Absolutely. you, it might be like okay, when when I get to like this next gig that I book. Yeah. And then you might even go a step further and say like okay, when things be when I when I'm able to do this uh, enough to where it's stable, yeah. Um, so everything that's happening in your life up until that point is like not, You're just waiting. Yeah, yeah. It felt yeah. like I was waiting for something. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I love I love New York, and mm. I loved being an actor. I still feel like I'm still a creative, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's. I think I think New York also. I that was just when I was growing up. I'm still growing, obviously. I'm mm-hmm. not that old. But I think I was just... It grew me up a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why all those things came to fruition is just because th- that's the time in your life, you know, your early 20s, mid-20s, when you're supposed to figure those things out. Yeah. Or that at least that's what you're... <laughs> at least start. That's what you're told to. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, right? By this point in time in your life, you should have these figured out. At like, least, yeah. But yeah. even if you don't, it's like not the worst thing No. Ever. Oh my God. I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. 
what was like the the final straw or like the end decision for deciding that New York wasn't going to work out and that you were going to come back here? I think it was when it was it's so hard because the decision was already in discussion um, between my partner and myself before the pandemic was even a twinkle in anyone's eye. Yeah, <laughs> um, we were already because because he did not like New York because he wasn't you know I had like this purpose like this passion driving me mm-hmm. he was just living there working so mm-hmm. it wasn't his first choice for a place to live so I think that was already in the back of my head because obviously it's a partnership and I wanted us to be happy together and he had sacrificed immigrating to another country for me so mm-hmm. I figured we should at least try and make it like nice yeah. <laughs> um yeah and then that that conversation had already really been had um, so then when the pandemic happened and we stayed in New York for a while, um, even throughout COVID, but I think it was just when we got the opportunity to end our lease without penalty and we just didn't see, I, well, I didn't see anything for myself there anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't see the point of spending money on a rent on rent when I wasn't even able to do what I love when I could just come back here and at least regroup and like figure mm. out something else. I mean, that's gotta be kind of scary in itself too. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, going back to the identity theme, like if you have this, this identity of like being an actress for your whole life and then all of a sudden it's like, what do I do now? Like yeah. that's, that's a, that's a challenge in itself. That's, that's gotta be hard. Yeah. It was wild. Like, <clears throat> I mean, I didn't even have a real resume, like, mm. you know, and, much less like like finding a job was one thing it was more so just dealing with like you said like how the hell do I transition to a completely different thing when mm-hmm. I'm I mean I was what I was like 26 25 I don't know but okay so then how how did you uh figure it out like, I like moving from from New York to here and then like all the job stuff and yeah and that Oh my gosh. I mean, we kind of knew we were going to move to Phoenix and I think in the back of my head or deep, 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 somewhere deep down, (laughs) I knew I would come back to Phoenix eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, I just didn't know how I was going to get there or why or what. So I think Phoenix was always the, the place just because his family, Mark's family is so far away, obviously in Mm -hmm. South Africa. We're we could, I would love to move there. It's gorgeous. But, um, if we're going to stay in the U S we might as well be close to one of our families, mm-hmm. um, just to at least have some of that support. So we knew Phoenix and then with the job thing, I mean, I was, I would just did all of this soul searching. Like I journaled, I listened to podcasts, I read blogs. Like I did so much to try and figure out how to find a new industry like Mm -hmm. so I started thinking about I guess what skills I had or what I used to like in college or other things that I liked alongside theater I'm gonna turn the slide on sorry okay (laughs) yeah I just thought about like what else what transferable skills I had so like I guess creativity was always the main thing I wanted something creative I thought about like human resources for a while but I'm slightly introverted, so I didn't want to talk to people all day <laughs> um, or deal with people's problems. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, marketing just kind of fell into my lap because I've always loved 
creating websites like blogging, um, social media, and yeah, that seemed like a fun thing, mm. and it is. It's pretty cool. <laughs> how did you How did you find the the job that you're in now? I applied like a crazy woman mm-hmm. on every single website for any job just to have something, just to start building something. And I mean, it was during the work from home phase, which I'm still working from home, thankfully. But nice. um, so I think it was just a bit easier to to interview and like get to know people through um, virtual, you know, Zooms. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just kind of happened. Honestly, I think I just got lucky because and... I'm not qualified. Because <laughs> <laughs> initially I was working for a company and I was so grateful because they took a chance on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was awful. Like I just hated it mm-hmm. <laughs> after like three months. Um, I was just so unhappy and that was the, that was so hard because I'd gone from something that was my passion. Obviously there were aspects of it that were making me unhappy, like the instability and never having enough money and whatever. But, um, this was, I had given up the, at least my passion for this and it was just terrible. It was mm. more in like paid media. Um, I'm grateful cause I learned so much and obviously it gave me the year of working there gave me this new job cause I was able to reach out to new companies with more experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm just so grateful for this new job after seeing how terrible it can be mm-hmm. of hating what you're doing every single day of your life. Like yeah. that is, that's torture. Yeah. Or like dreading like logging on. Waking up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like literally yeah. I would start work at seven thirty, and I'd wake up in the morning. So upset to even go to work like yeah. that. That's not, yeah, I was just so grateful that I found something new and I love my boss and that's huge too. Yeah. What, what does your day to day kind of look like? Um, well I work from home, which is lovely. Yeah. I never, never want to go back <laughs> to the office. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I wake up, usually I wake up at like six thirty seven. I go for a walk um, but it's been so cold. I haven't been able to go mm-hmm. for walks. What it's, the hell? It's like, it's been like a cold, nice, like a nice cold. Yeah, box, it is Especially nice. today when it like right. it was raining. Yeah. So I usually go for a walk and then I work out. Um, and then I don't know. I just start work around like eight 30. I usually have a few meetings sprinkled throughout the day, just like with the creative team or whoever I'm working with on the account. Um, but typically I'm like creating content for, the different accounts I manage or I'm scheduling out their content I'm writing I do a lot of like copywriting so whether that be for website or their blog or um even just social posts things like that yeah I feel like that's kind of it or I'm like developing strategy so if we get like a new account I'll dive deep into their analytics and what they're doing previously and their competitors and all of that yada yada and develop um, social strategy for how I think we can expand their community. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. What are some like takeaways that you've learned from working in that for a year? Two years? Yeah, like two years now. Wow. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think social media blew up in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It was already obviously so big, but I think the way that a consumer connects with brands has changed significantly, Mm -hmm. even just in the time that I've started in marketing. So it's been really fascinating understanding that behavior and then finding a way to connect or build community through 
um, like the different social platforms. And then also seeing, I mean, the change with like TikTok being massive now, Mm -hmm. that's changed every single social platform. So going into work and things just changing constantly, it's exciting and it's fun because I get to develop different strategies for different kind of accounts. Mm -hmm. So I guess in what ways do you find yourself like able to express your more creatively? Like what, what mediums do you take um, if acting isn't really like an outlet anymore or is it? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it came to a point where acting, singing, dancing moved so far away from being a hobby because it was what I was doing Mm -hmm. so consistently that there was like a, there wasn't a way for me to, I'm I'm still trying, like I'll Mm -hmm. sing in my room, you know, things like that. And I try to make it for joy instead of like work. Mm-hmm. But it just it there's a part of it that still kind of feels like work, so mm-hmm. I've been trying to find something else. Um my job actually, I feel pretty creative in my in my job. Like I'm able to work with these different brands or accounts and um you know, use their specific colors or come up with their colors and there's there's something cool about marketing cuz it is a brand of storytelling um so i think there there's a creative i at least i feel a little bit creative in what i do every day eight hours a day or whatever Mm -hmm. um but as a hobby i mean i mean i i started my blog a while ago so writing Mm -hmm. feels feels pretty natural and fun to me and i journal a lot so it translates pretty well into like a blog so i do that i mean i'm trying to think of like me being creative but all the things i can think of are reading like I love reading, I love listening to podcasts, going for walks, which are things maybe that inspire me to be more creative. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm just focusing on those for now. One of the things that you said that you could talk about for an hour was just the importance of art. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's actually another question I had like specifically written down is like, what did you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, I think, I guess realizing or just seeing art everywhere like I mean New York it's so obvious and even the buildings and um people on the you know buster bustering in this subway or whatever but like you hear music everywhere you go you watch tv even the screen shape screensaver like Mm -hmm. everything is created by someone and some sort of art and so I think we forget how important artists actually are Mm -hmm. and something I would always come across when I would say I'm an actor they're like oh well you know what have you done or oh it's so hard because you you knew that going into the job or things like that and it's like it's almost downplayed how important those careers are Mm -hmm. and not just not just personally you know I, I mean in general like people who paint or people who sing or make jewelry or anything like Mm -hmm. i i just feel like there's this lack of appreciation for for how important art is and how it changes us every day at the same time it's like why why is it so important like not to not to downplay that it's important but like why why do we see it that way i think it's because at least and i saw this for theater i mean theater and art in general is an escape but it's Mm -hmm. also a way for us to mirror ourselves and like i'll watch shows where I love like heavy dramas, like 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 relationship dramas, or like Say, like I how, just watched. How heavy are we talking? Oh my gosh! I mean, I just watched scenes from a marriage with Jessica Chastain and Oscar Isaac. Okay. Right. Love 
amazing, both of yeah. them stunning. But I love seeing th- this ability to create a world where, whether it's real, like that, for example, that one looked very similar to our world, and it was just a bird's eye view into this this relationship, and you're you feel like you're watching someone like mm-hmm. just talking. And you have that, or you have the, like, you know, crazy worlds, like like Lion King or Wicked, like those musicals, where it's so fantastical and it feels so unreal. But you can still, it still mirrors things in real life. And I think that's why art's so important, because it, it gives you a way to tell a story or bring your point across in a way that makes it bigger than just saying it like how we're saying it now i like the the part that you mentioned about like you're able to sort of reflect yourself in in whatever art that you're doing like the the self-expression i guess is like the important part yeah does your idea of being like a successful actor or a successful artist like in an ideal world what would that look like what would that sort of success look like I think that's a question that when I was in college, I would have easily answered as on Broadway Mm -hmm. because that to me was like what success looked like. But now, and this is probably like such an annoying answer because there isn't a clear picture (laughs) of what I think success as an artist looks like. Mm -hmm. And that's what's like so cool about being an actor or being an artist is there isn't like a one size fits all idea of success even Mm -hmm. though that's what they tell you they tell you obviously you know if your movie is making millions of dollars or you're on broadway every night in hamilton like that is of course you're successful but there are other ways to be successful as an artist and i think it's more so just finding a way to make art every day that Mm -hmm. you believe in or that you love and that shares a story that you're passionate about i think that's success like Mm -hmm. i think you can be in a movie making millions of dollars, but if it's not some, it's if it's not the art that you're actually passionate about, or if it's not a story that you care about, then is that success? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's if you really love the art that you're making. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Between the Soup. I really hope that you enjoyed the conversation. If you did, you can reach out to betweenthesoup.pod on Instagram to let me know what your thoughts were on the discussion. If you didn't like it, you should definitely let me know what your thoughts were so I can improve the show. Thanks again so much. It means a lot to me that you're tuning in.